The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Uh, It's going on two weeks since I closed my studio, so I'm coming to you live from the exclusion zone in my home office. Uh, I can't really see a clear reopen date at this point. I'll guess it'll be another two weeks at least, uh, but who knows? I guess it's kind of a wait and see. I'm just trying to stay busy. I just wrapped up with the APP Scholarship Committee for conference. Uh, Got to talk to some really great applicants and got to... uh, uh, hand out some scholarships. So that that's always a really uh, satisfying, fun project to work on. Uh, I've also been doing some free webinars. Uh, many of you might have taken it. If you did, thank you. I've had people from a whole bunch of different countries and uh, it's just really nice to see everybody coming together and just kind of doing that forever learning thing, you know, using your time well, uh, trying to stay productive and trying to stay career focused. I just did a class this past Saturday about uh, strategic growth strategies in the shop, how to kind of uh, build your studio strength up, your staff, your jewelry inventory, your equipment, all all those different things. So that was a good one. Uh, I will be doing another free webinar session this Saturday and probably the Saturday after that at least. So you can go ahead and follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willette on Facebook. You can get all the event info for those as soon as I post it. Uh, And those are free webinars. They are limited to the first 100 attendees, and I've usually been doing two sessions per Saturday, so uh, I try to get some people from different time zones uh, the chance to take a class. So typically two sessions on Saturdays. They're free webinars. If you're interested, go follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook, and you can get all the info there. Uh, I will be doing a paid class also. Uh, Originally, I was going to do uh, a doth piercing, daith piercing class at the Boston Tattoo Convention, which was supposed to be on Sunday, April 5th. The convention was canceled, uh, just like most body art conventions uh, this season. It got canceled, so I was originally going to move it to my shop. And then when we ended up doing the closure, I decided, well, I don't really feel comfortable having people in my shop. And those people might not feel comfortable getting out and traveling. So rather than canceling altogether, I'm moving that over to the uh, the online platform, Zoom. That's what I've been using for my webinars. Uh, and it, it seems pretty solid. So uh, I'm going to be moving that over and I am uh, keeping registration open for it. So if you're interested, this is a paid session. My other Saturday sessions, uh, those are going to be free. And basically what I'm going to do are non-techniques for the free webinars. Um, I don't really have the time or logistical capability of uh, verifying that every single person is uh, an active piercer if I'm taking uh, one to 200 people for, per session for free. So my uh, free webinars will be non-technique based so that they would be safe for basically anyone of any skill level. Uh, I I realize that not everybody is a professional piercer uh, attending something like this. And I don't really want to limit the education, uh, but I do feel like I need to limit technique information to classes where I can have verified attendees. So 
Uh, my private paid sessions will be uh, technique based. So I'll be starting with Doth and I'm going to do some bonus surface piercing uh, information. Uh, I've got a couple different videos that show a few different techniques for surface piercing with uh, the chamfering taper technique chamfer and blade needle technique, uh, blade needle wound shaping technique, so I'm going to show some videos for that stuff because uh, I'm, I'm writing a, a full class on surface piercings, but I probably won't have that ready until sometime around the summer. So I, I figured I would give people the opportunity to take that class if you're interested. Again, the info is going to be on Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook, or if you want to just get registered for the class, you can go ahead and email me at ryanpba@gmail.com. That is a $100 class, but you get the uh, the full date lecture with video and technique, uh, and then you also get the bonus surface piercing info. And um, that's kind of what I'm doing for uh, livelihood right now. I'm going to focus on my education. Uh, I am taking those free webinar sessions and I am going to put those on my Patreon page. So people asked if they could get uh, copies of the class after and unfortunately I don't really think I can do that. Um, it is uh, content that I've created, uh, intellectual property, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, they're classes that I worked hard on, uh, that I did a, a lot of time to write the classes, produce the classes, practice the classes. So uh, I am happy to do the, the free webinars, uh, but I, I won't be able to send out free videos after those uh, those free sessions. So I'm going to put them on my Patreon. Uh, I'll put it for the uh, the Archmage tier, the $15 tier on Patreon. Uh, completely your choice if you want to uh, go and, and be one of the patrons on there. And that also supports this podcast. Uh, I've been using the Patreon to uh, pay the bills and kind of sponsor uh, this show. I have a lot of really amazing people on there, and uh, I think either next week or the week after, I'm going to do a little special segment to just thank everybody who supported me on, on Patreon. Um, but the top tier uh, will get you the uh, all the regular Piercing Wizard podcast bonus content, uh, early access to episodes and all that stuff, but uh, I'll also start putting my, uh, my webinars, uh, the non-technique webinars, on to Patreon. So uh, go ahead and check it out, patreon.com slash ryanpba. Uh, that's also on the piercingwizardpodcast.com uh, website too. So if you want to support, support. That's pretty much going to be my only income so far is, uh, you know, in, until I get back to work, uh, I'll be doing the Patreon and I'll be doing some paid sessions for classes probably once per month. Um, so I'll, I'll figure out what I'll be doing after the, the date class, but you still have time to sign up for it. Uh, that's going to be on Sunday, April 5th, 2020 at 12 noon Eastern U.S. time. So if you're interested in that, uh, you can get all the event page info or you can email me, ryanpba at gmail.com, and I promise I'm going to shut up about my classes now. My, my guest this week is a former Canadian turned American piercer, uh, Kelsey Seifert. And uh, we, we talk about basically just mental health, which is definitely a, a viable subject to, to talk about right now. Um, talking about that career piercer mentality, you know, always switched on, always feeling anxious about piercing, maybe being a little bit tough on yourself when it comes to uh, self-criticism. So we talk about how to uh, take care of yourself, talking about those self-care moments, uh, as cheesy as it might sound, self-care is very important, whether it's mental or physical health. Uh, as a career piercer, Kelsey works in a, a very high volume studio, so I'm sure physical self-care is going to be just as important as, as mental self-care. 
um, but we talk about just mental health in general uh, for the piercer for the client we talk about customer care and in your bedside manner and, and how to just interact with them and bring them through uh, their their procedure and, and make them happy and keep them focused and relaxed but also how to take care of yourself uh, during the workday and, and also when you get home we talk about that kind of never stop learning mentality and uh, that that kind of drive that a lot of modern body piercers have so it's a really good conversation uh, with Kelsey Seifert so let's go ahead and get into that and then I'll be back a little bit more at the end my name is Kelsey Seifert. I'm a professional body piercer and a PP member at Evolve Body Art in Columbus, Ohio. So sometimes when I when I ask people to come on the show, I have to kind of like ambush them with a subject because I'm I'm kind of I'm not, I don't have a lot of ideas left in my brain. So I I like to talk to interesting people about what they're interested in. And when I asked you for some subject ideas, you wanted to kind of talk on sort of a broad subject of mental health as it relates to working in this kind of industry as a career, really. So um, just to kind of like jump into it, where, where do you think you'd want to start talking about it from the perspective of a, a career body piercer maintaining their own uh, health or maybe more interacting with clientele that have different needs? Um, well, I definitely feel that uh, body piercers, we deal with a lot of emotional stuff every single day. Um, maintaining our own mental health is, I find, probably one of the most prevalent things that I have people talking to me about and how they deal with stuff on the daily and how to decompress. And uh, that's definitely something that I find difficult for myself as well as my coworkers. Same. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's a big difference between if you do this as a job and if you do this as a career, because I think the the piercers that you encounter that do this as a job and not to knock them in any way, because I've had plenty of jobs in my past, but I don't think they carry a lot of the weight home with them at the end of the day. And career body piercers, I feel, uh, take it really personally as like an emotional weight. You know, if, if they didn't do uh, piercings to maybe the best of their ability or how they'd want, they, 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 dwell on it during the night or they kind of feel like they have to bend over backwards to maintain uh, some sort of level of contact with clientele or something and it can be really draining especially if you have pre-existing conditions uh, you know if you're in therapy if you're trying to manage your own uh, health sometimes it can be difficult with this job because it can be kind of emotionally draining no that's <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean I personally find it very difficult to turn off at the end of the night after a very long day of interacting with clients. And even even the days that I have really spectacular interactions with clients, I get home and, you know, I make dinner for the kids and my partner. And at the end of the night, I try to wind down and, you know, read a book or watch a television show. And I just, it's 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 very difficult. And just finding the, the things that kind of help you do that is very important. Mm. Well, do you have any do you, do you have any tips or tricks? Because I could sure use some. Because I have a <laughs> I have an equally difficult time switching off. Um, I mean, just kind of finding your little niche. Uh, myself, rituals really help. Um, not only in the the piercing world, but um, just personal rituals that I find. Could um, you give me some like, some examples? Yeah, reading a book. Um, as as corny as it sounds, like taking a walk, taking a bath, <laughs> all those, all those little cliche things that people tell you that are like, 
you should try that. Like I, the I hashtag self care kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Instagram, uh, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Well, for me, Instagram is definitely Instagram and Facebook are big sources of stress and anxiety for me. So I'm I'm trying my best. I'm doing a really bad job of it, but I'm trying my best to minimize that stuff because I it sucks me back in and I can't I can't separate reality from the internet bubble sometimes. It, going back to that whole concept of the career body piercer, a lot mm. of career body piercers are super addicted to the internet and it really it wears you down where everything just kind of turns into a, a crisis. So uh, Instagram is definitely not a, a good way for me to switch off my mind, but I, I do like it. If I get a chance to scroll online and I'm seeing like just dumb memes or like animal pictures, that's awesome. But sooner or later, I'm going to come across some sort of thing that triggers my like piercer anxiety. No, I, I, I totally appreciate where you're coming from. I, uh, I used to manage social media at my old studio, and that was one of the, the specific things that I found very draining was just trying to keep up with it every single day and just trying to post every single day and, you know, thinking, you know, what, what are people going to think of me if I post this and, oh, this angle slightly off and, oh, this isn't sitting completely perfectly. And that's something that I've recently done is just try to take a little bit of a step back just to help myself decompress. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the internet. You know, plenty of, plenty of piercers, that's their only source of advertising. They really use it to keep in, cl- in touch with clientele and grow new clientele. But for me, uh, I don't know. I, I I would like to have my own mental discipline to, to stop using my phone. Like, you know, something crazy, like don't have it in your pocket all day long where you can just grab it and go. But uh, I'm trying to get more vested in, in my real life. Um, when I take trips, just enjoy the trip. It's not all about like Instagramming the trip and, and all that stuff. And uh, I'm trying to foster just like a slower thought process when I'm home not mm-hmm. having it be all about screens and overstimulation and stuff like I would love to be able to just sit and read a book but my mind races so much that I have a hard time um maintaining my focus. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the hard thing too if we're constantly attached to our screens, you know, how how are we supposed to find that time to decompress? Mhm. Personally, I find like breathing exercises very therapeutic. I also practice that like during a during a piercing like breathing with the client and taking deep breaths and trying to quiet the mind and that kind of thing. I try to implement that throughout my day and in my own personal life as well. Yeah. It's funny how, how comfortable I can be uh, trying to put a client in that space. Same thing, breathing exercises, like, you know, that the way I talk to them, uh, slow down my speech pattern and just relax and just breathe. And that's something I totally cannot do to myself. Uh, there have been times where I've tried to do things like guided meditation or yoga, and I, it's like 30 seconds into it, I start thinking like, oh, I should probably email back this person, or I should probably check on this <laughs> thing on my calendar, or see order levels for blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I just got to switch stops. it off. It never stops. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, do you do anything uh, like professionally like obviously you don't have to talk about personal details but I've been seeing a therapist for a few years now and Mm -hmm. it's not to the point where I'm in crisis when I'm talking to them it's really more of like a tune-up kind of a thing you know vent and center myself and talk about life events and stuff like that but I I find that a a therapist has been crucial to my my health and well-being over the last few years 
Yeah, I mean, I think therapy is absolutely beneficial. Um, I definitely was in therapy for many, many years. Um, I haven't recently attended therapy. Um, I mostly just kind of, you know, try to deal with stuff on my own and talk with friends and just kind of vent and express myself in ways that I feel confident and comfortable with, um, mostly through art or, you know, lifting, that kind of thing. But Mm. um, no, if therapy is your your jam, absolutely. Well, I I think... You know, if you've done it for years, I think you may, you maybe got to that that goal where you can manage your own stress or depression or or whatever might have led you there. For me, I have a difficult time managing it. I'm I'm not on any sort of medication or anything like that, but I find that if I if I skip a week or two or three because I'm traveling or busy or something like that, it it I'm definitely more of a a difficult person to be around. Um, so I, I felt that therapy was really important, not just to me, but for my coworkers and my loved ones and all that stuff, because nobody, nobody wants to be around me when I'm at my worst. So therapy is, is my, is my best shot at not being the worst, basically. Well, I'm glad you found something that works for you. That's wonderful. <laughs> for, for now anyway. But I mean, I would, I would love to get to a point where I can step it down. There have been thoughts in my mind where I'm like, I would love to be able to join a gym and actually show up to it. I would love to, to have a, an artistic hobby and have some sort of an outlet or something, but I just never take the first step. So I, I think you've probably achieved some things that I would, I would like to achieve in my life eventually. Well, hey, if you ever want to talk about something like that, I'm more than willing to listen. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It, uh, a lot of the best conversations I've had about my own health have been with other people in the industry because they, they get it. You know, if I vent to someone like you, oh, I had this really challenging day and really, you know, taxing client interactions or problems with a vendor or coworkers or what, like you would get it, you know, and if I, if I just vent to maybe someone else, maybe another friend who's, they know my life, but they don't necessarily know my, my day-to-day career, it's it's a little bit more difficult to have those conversations be uh, fruitful, you know? No, absolutely. And that's that's one of the things that I've found very beneficial is talking with, you know, my peers and my coworkers and just kind of getting their insight on the situation that I'm dealing with as well. So I, I guess in a way that is sort of my therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you said lifting. Are you in the uh, the the strong piercer army? Because it seems like it seems like every couple of years there are kind of these shared interests in the industry. For a while, it was like everybody's got a Boston Terrier, and then it was like <laughs> everybody is rock climbing, and now it's like everybody's working out, and it's like I kind of I kind of want to work out. Yeah, actually, no, I've not heard of that form. Uh, I'll definitely give it a look. See, I've been working out for probably about like I don't know five years or so, so. I guess I kind of missed that that little forum, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna look into that. Oh no, I don't mean a forum. I just mean like a like a trend. Oh, you know? oh, I gotcha. Yeah, because get... it it's like a it's like a generational thing where I noticed that everybody's kind of doing similar stuff at certain points, and I, I think it might just be coincidence, but I don't know. I think it's all because we have uh, excellent taste, great minds think alike, sort of thing. Yeah, there you go. So, what else can you tell me about maybe how are you, how are you managing your uh, your client? interactions because I know sometimes it can be a little bit difficult with with boundaries I've had clients where I can tell that they're getting pierced and and that's their ritual for making themselves feel better they're they're letting something out they're they're venting in a way they're they're it's like an energy transfer and sometimes when you connect with someone it's 
it's difficult to close that same door. Not to say that you you want to distance clients, but sometimes boundaries can become an issue with people where they see you as like their their safe person. Yeah, and that's that's the very fine line that you kind of have to tread upon when it comes to interacting with clients, especially clients that you see more regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself, I just kind of I try to be as friendly and as open as possible with still you know maintaining those boundaries. So if someone wants to vent to me about an experience that they had, they are more than willing and open, and I'm more than happy to uh, listen to them. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to share that kind of personal information with them. Like, I'm their sounding board. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that they say to me, I'm, like, going to keep lock and key. But um, I don't know, just kind of maintaining a professional attitude as well as still being friendly and open and, you know, maintaining a connection. Right. Right. I try to have my default. So definitely, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, uh, I definitely have had clients, you know, reach out to me on my personal Facebook and say like, Hey, how's it going? And try to try to kind of overstep those bounds a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I always respond, you know, thank you so much for the friend request. It's lovely hearing from you. I hope you're enjoying your XYZ piercing. I hope it's doing well. Um, unfortunately I don't, typically add clients on my personal Facebook. However, if you'd like to, you know, add me on my Instagram, I'd be more than happy to chat with, with you there. I kind of like to keep my personal and my professional life kind of separate. Mm, yeah, that's that's smart. And unfortunately, I, I wasn't that smart when I when I started my social media presence. It was just kind of like a, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll use this page to talk about personal life, dating life, work life, travel life, all this different stuff. And now it's like, I don't want anybody knowing my personal information. I don't, you know, when I, when I had my dog, it sort of made me uncomfortable if clients would come in and be like, Oh, how's, how's Bowser today? And it's like, it was, it was cool when he was alive, but now that he's not, and it's like, Oh, how's Bowser? He's like, Oh, he's, he's dead. Thanks for reminding me, you know, stuff like that. Like I kind of wish that my personal life was a little bit more protected and hidden um, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, at that point too, it's really hard to kind of like backtrack and be like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, you know, w- with it being mishmashed, I think it's just like, well, I just don't put my personal life online as much. And if clients are going to talk to me now, my boundaries are more, uh, when I'll respond to them. Uh, what I'm trying to do now is, if they send me a message at one of those random times where you know that it's not really important, you know, you don't need to know how much that piercing costs at 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, oh, cool, you know, just to let, just to let you know I got this uh, for any work inquiries. Why don't you email me at whatever, and then I'll get back to you as soon as I'm back in the office. And I, I just kind of set that thing where that's basically establishing it like, if this is actually important to you, contact me through my professional contact. Uh, don't, like expect something like this because you don't want to establish that as the as the boundary because then they push and then they push and then they push not in a negative way because you know you um you're putting it out there as maybe a professional like oh contact me anytime but it's like contact me anytime between 12 and 8 monday through friday (laughs) no exactly and I'm, i'm glad that you're able to have those those boundaries and that hopefully your clients respect those boundaries most of the time yeah you know sometimes people get they get passionate or they get excited or they get an idea at some random time. And I don't want to dash that enthusiasm, but at the same time, 
Like I'm not going to call them, uh, you know, over breakfast on Sunday and just be like, Hey, I just want to check in. You know, you got to do a downsize and make sure you're cleaning your piercing and all that. Like they're not going to want that contact. Just like I might not necessarily want the work contact when I'm in, uh, like, you know, I'm in my pajamas time. No, exactly. So what about any sort of clientele that might have special needs for their, their procedure? Because I, you know, I find every now and then you get clients where they might have self-esteem issues or there, there might be something else going on where they might have a difficult time communicating with you. Uh, you know, a lot of younger people have been coming in lately and they're, you know, they're not making eye contact. They're looking down at the floor or something like that. And you have to kind of cater your customer service to that where they need to get the information they need, obviously, but you don't want to push them in a way that might make them uncomfortable. So you have to kind of adapt to them. What what do you feel like when, when you have maybe interactions like that? Well, it all kind of varies depending on the client that I'm dealing with. I just, I personally try to kind of gauge how or what they need. Um, say if someone is to come in and they start, you know, we all have those clients who come in and they're saying, you know, oh, I don't like this part of me. I don't like this part of me. I don't like this part of me. And they're very self-deprecating. Um, I try to kind of talk them up and say, well, you know, you might not enjoy this part of your body right now, but you know, what would look really spectacular. And I hope that would make you feel so much better about this is, you know, X, Y, or Z, or, you know, I say, you know, everyone deals with personal issues of their own. And I think you're beautiful in your own way and just try to pump them up a little bit because everyone, especially in such a vulnerable position as a, as a pure C, um, I feel like they'll, they kind of need their own cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say one of my more common interactions would be the people that are just like, oh, I want to get this pierced, but it's it's weird. You know, I have a weird ear, or I have mm-hmm. a weird breast, or I have a weird nose, and it's like, no, you don't. You have you have an awesome nose. It's gonna look killer with this jewelry. And uh, sometimes in those situations too, it'd be like, oh, well, you know, if you don't if you don't like this thing, put a piece of jewelry that you love on it, and then you'll like it a lot more. Exactly. Put a little sparkle in it, make it you know a little bit more fancy, and hopefully, I know. I myself, growing up, that's how I got into piercing was because I wasn't comfortable with how I looked. And I started getting piercings and I started feeling more comfortable in my body and myself as a piercer, I definitely hope that I help my clientele feel that way, feel more confident about their body, feel more empowered. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do you ever have client interactions where you might feel like there's a negative motivation behind what they're getting? I don't typically get that with body piercing, but I... I, I have had lots of clients who come in with maybe signs of, of active self-harm or things like that. And, you know, sometimes people that have those motivations and thoughts also are like very heavily, heavily modified. And I don't want to tell them where the line of like, well, this is too much is. But at the same time, I don't want to contribute negatively. Enable them almost. Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a good way to phrase it. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, I mean... The frequency at which I deal with that is pretty rare, pretty few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have had clientele come in who certainly have self-harm scars on their body, but usually that's in a case of when they're saying like, oh, I'm getting this because it's a way to help me deal with these feelings. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, awesome. Um, yeah, I haven't really come upon too many of those cases. Yeah, I think the way it usually presents for me is um, 
people might have a, just a ton of piercings, and it's like, okay, now I want to add this other one and this other one and this other one, and I'll I'll try to try to slow them down a little bit. If someone's telling me, mm -hmm. oh, I want to get these, and then I want to get this like crazy big dermal punch thing, and I want to stretch this and do that, and it's like, okay, s slow it down, just <laughs> get this one and just heal this. Give it a, give it a couple months before you do the next one. Like, don't don't just jump in with both feet, you know. No, exactly. And that's that's really hard, too, because I definitely have clients come in and they're they're so gung-ho about getting all these, you know, 16 different piercing ideas. And I'm really excited for them. Like, I'd love to help them out. But at the same time, there is such a thing as, you know, too much of a good thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, you know, if that's if that's people's body image and that's their choice, then that's their choice. But I want to facilitate mm -hmm. it in a way where I can sleep comfortably at night and I can know that they're they're safe. But I've yeah. had plenty of people come in with signs of old self-harm and they've kind of moved past it, moved beyond it. And now they're using body modification to, to beautify, uh, again, their body that they might not have been happy with previously. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know I myself have done something similar. I have old self-harm scars on my thighs and, uh, I was able to get a couple of beautiful, very large scarification pieces over top of them. Uh, Misty Forsberg and, uh, Oh my god, what is her partner's name? I'm losing my mind. Ethix. Ethix, yes. They were able to help me with that. And it was absolutely brilliant and very, very cathartic. And I 100% would do it again. That's great. Yeah, I mean, both of them, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but the two of them are amazing people. They are so spectacular. I love them so much. <laughs> they're, they're kind of one of the best examples of piercer life online because they don't mix the two together. It Like you, you watch their social media and it's just them having super fun all around the world and just being in love with each other and it's like oh there's hope for us all yeah it's super sweet to see them yeah so going back to taking care of ourselves as piercers um before you got to a point where you were doing more self-care uh what were some of the things that might have driven you to think like i better start taking better care of myself like were you just running yourself ragged and thinking about work all the time and just in work mode constantly? Oh, absolutely. There was a period of time in which I was just constantly on my phone. Um, I was running the social media for the entire studio. I was doing jewelry orders. I was piercing. I was doing counter stuff. I was, you know, it was just everything all the time. Go, go, go. And I just, I got to a point where I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I had mental breakdowns and I just... I was so exhausted and I was so depressed. It it sucked at that time because I love what I do and I didn't want to feel the way that I did because I was working so much and so frequently and under so much stress and I just I finally got to my breaking point and I just I thought like I I can't keep doing this anymore. I had to set boundaries for myself and I had to say, "Okay, this is what I'm able to do and, you know, this is how frequently I can do this." And, you know, I just, I kind of, I drew a line in the sand and I decided not to cross that. So a really big thing that I would like you to do your best to articulate is for all those piercers out there who are, they're still living that, that's still their, their day to day. They're constantly switched on. I think a lot of times they're nervous to step back because then they think, well, my career won't progress anymore or I'll make less money or something like, you know, I'll lose this momentum or something, but you seem to be still a pretty successful piercer. So 
What was it like the before and the after? Was there like a was there any sort of like negative impact to your career or was it just you were healthier in in the same career? Honestly, I am very much more healthy in my career uh, than I was when I was on 24-7. I know it's really, really difficult and really scary to kind of set yourself apart from, you know, being on 24-7. But honestly, it is beneficial for you. I know it's scary not to be in studio 24-7 and, you know, what if this, what if that, what if just trying to slow yourself down and just trying to take it easy and be kind to yourself. That's the main thing um, Mm. is just really, truly being kind to yourself and doing the best that you can and accepting when enough is enough. Yeah. How how long have you been piercing at this point? Um, I've been piercing just under two years. I've been in the industry about four. Okay. So did you start as like counter staff or did you start with maybe an apprenticeship? Yeah, so I started uh, in a tattooing apprenticeship initially, okay. um, and then I worked counter for several years, uh, and then I did uh, an apprenticeship uh, just under two years ago. Okay, because that seems like you have a, a similar career trajectory as a lot of people that have entered the industry in the last few years, where there's so many opportunities and resources available to you, and if you if you pursue them to their fullest, you can progress pretty quickly. So uh, mm-hmm. on that side, it's it's cool to see that someone who hasn't uh, been in the industry for a super long time is already, you know, in a really well-established studio and making a good name for themselves. But at the same time, it's also like the, the feel that I get from when you explain your stress and things like that, uh, it's not something that I would expect to hear from someone who's, who's two years into a piercing career. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, I, that I'll hear from people that are 10 years in or 15 years in and they're like, oh, I just can't do it anymore. But to hear to hear you say like, well, two years, then it kind of makes me wonder how much of that stress was squeezed into a smaller amount of time and how it might have probably been even harder to, to get into the industry now when the industry is, is running full steam ahead and having to like run to keep up with it. Uh, it, it sounds like it has probably been pretty stressful. <laughs> I don't know, I mean, to say the least, um, no, uh, for like how I actually got in the industry, everything happened super, super quickly. Um, long story short, I had been living in Canada and working at a studio down there for several years and just no opportunities there because, you know, just, you know, too small of a studio or the studio that I, you know, tried at wasn't working out, that kind of thing. And I was offered an apprenticeship in the States and I packed up all of my stuff within 14 days and moved down here. Um, thankfully I've got dual citizenship, so that makes it a little bit easier, but, um, yeah. And then I started my apprenticeship and just, it's, it's been full force ever since then. So it's, (laughs) I can definitely, uh, definitely understand why it's been so stressful. (laughs) Mm. So what would you say to maybe the younger piercers who were, still kind of in that same pocket, you know, two years, three or four years, something like that. Like what kind of advice do you think you'd want to give them, especially if maybe they're still pushing forward to find that established shop or to make their shop the established shop? Well, I mean, I'm still very young in the industry, so I'm not sure what kind of advice would be beneficial, but from my personal standpoint, um, it's, it's really hard. It's really, really hard, but if you stick with it and you try your hardest and you never stop growing, you'll get there eventually. Um, 
I'm one of those people who believe that if you feel like you know it all, you should probably get out <laughs> <laughs> because you never stop learning in this industry. This is an industry where you're constantly finding new techniques and new you know, people to, to get information from and new mentors. And just we've got such a fantastic industry to learn from people and to grow. And you'll get there. You will absolutely get there. But just make sure you take care of yourself along the way, I guess, yes, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the important part. Uh, there have been so many points in my career where I've felt like, uh, okay, you know, I've got it figured out. I'm, I'm really well established. And then I have some sort of interaction or some sort of new life event or, or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, I, I know nothing. Like this person mm-hmm. is, is talking about something that's way beyond my skill level and comprehension level and uh, now that's going to be my new goal. I want to, I want to learn that and get comfortable with that. And then once I learn that, then there's another thing lined up right behind that. So, yeah, like you said, it's, if you want to pursue this again in that sort of piercer lifestyle career goal kind of thing, you, you really, you can't ever stop. You, you have to constantly be growing and, and learning and evolving, but you don't want to like burn yourself out doing it because I, I think that's what I'm hearing more piercers talk about than anything. When it gets to like the private conversation time, they're all like, I'm so tired. I'm so worn out. I just want time off. I just want a vacation, but I can't because I need to work five or six or seven days a week. I need to do this. I need to stay on the road. I got to pay these bills. I got to maintain this Instagram follow and blah, 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 you know, and I don't want to see a whole bunch of piercers that are three years into a career and they're like, I got to retire. I can't do this anymore. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's honestly, even with the, the younger piercers at my studio as well, that's, that's something that I frequently hear is like, I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. It's this, it's that. And it's, it's a lot to deal with, but I think honestly, if we're just a little bit kinder to ourselves and you know, you're doing the best that you can, you honestly mm-hmm. are. <laughs> really you are yeah I, I notice a lot of younger piercers tend to set almost unrealistic goals for themselves because I, I did it myself too when I when I got into the industry and even still to an extent today uh, I'm like chasing someone else's legacy or or something you know like I'm trying to I'm trying to convince myself that it's like yeah I'm, I'm part of that club I can I can do what they can do and it's always been that it's a little bit anxiety and a little bit like pride and motivation, ambition, whatever, but um, you don't want to turn it into some sort of source of, of negativity. You want to look at it as like, well, maybe I can't do it today, but I can work hard and I can do it eventually. You know, don't don't think like, oh, I can't do it. I'm terrible. I'm awful. I'm the worst. You know, that I see that happen a lot with piercers, piercers that are really skilled and really good, really nice people. And they just, they think that they're like, just fucking up their life, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I'm I'm personally I'm a little guilty of, of that myself. You know, I yeah. something comes out or I have to, you know, unfortunately repeer something and I, I beat myself up over it. But at the same time, I'm also on that other edge where I'm like, okay, I'm only human. I can't be perfect all the time. Right. Uh, just kind of I piercers in general, I feel are definite perfectionists and just <laughs> trying to break those uh, those chains a little bit. Absolutely. You know, and if if there are piercers out there listening and they they, they try to hold themselves to some standard that took someone else 10 or 20 years to achieve. Like, just don't be so hard on yourself. You know, uh, practice the things that you think you're 
you're weak with or you know reinforce the things you you think you're strong with and uh, talk about your mistakes with people and talk about them honestly you, like you don't have to talk about them publicly but you know find somebody that you can trust and talk about it because if you struggle with a certain type of piercing or if you're getting like a certain kind of outcome you're having the same issues with things like those are probably issues that someone else did the troubleshooting on worked out and figured out and I try to do that when I when I when I struggle with stuff I want to talk to Evan the other piercer in my shop and be like I'm having problems with this just so you know these are the things I'm working on so he doesn't have to make the same mistakes or if I'm screwing something up and I see somebody else doing it better I'll talk to them and be like hey I'm having a problem with this. What are you doing to get past it? And try to try to look at it as like a sense of positivity and pride and not like beating yourself up over it. No, and that's that's a really great thing that you actually do have other people to be able to to talk with about those issues. And I myself am very fortunate and grateful that we have so many fantastic piercers at my studio because I'm able to bounce these ideas off of them and like, hey, exactly what you said. Like I ha I'm having this issue and I want to know how to fix it and you know, practice makes perfect, and they have, we've got, I think now, 13 piercers at our studio. Uh, Jeez. Between the, yeah, between the two studios that we have. Um, so I've got a lot of people to bounce ideas off of, and, you know, if I'm if I'm having issues with a specific piercing or, you know, anything, essentially. So mm. a lot of people to uh, to chit-chat with about those. Yeah, that's, that's great, and I, I think, uh, you know, I've only got, the one other piercer in my studio where I'm a small place. I'm not high traffic or anything, you know, and I, I talk to other piercers online, especially right now, having it be like um, conference scholarship season. A lot of piercers are, are coming out of the woodwork and being like, you know, I, I don't even know two other piercers to talk to and ask for reference letters, let alone reach out to someone and say like, hey, I'm having this issue or this problem. And for those piercers, I'd say, if you're if you're in any sort of online community uh, and you're worried about commenting and having somebody tear you apart or something, just don't don't do the comment game. Find a find a piercer, any piercer you look up to online, and just send them a private message or a private email or even maybe call their studio during during shop hours. Uh, but <laughs> call them and and talk to them. And be like, hey, you know, I I look up to your work. I'd like to ask you a couple questions. I don't really have a lot of resources or mentors or, or people to chat with or shadow with in my area because that can be kind of an unrealistic standard to set. I know that piercers like you and I are very privileged because we have all these connections and all these people we can talk to. And there are probably a lot of piercers out there who don't have those same connections. And they're they're probably stressing themselves out trying to, to chase other people's uh, definition of, of what you know, being a body piercer is. So um, try to make some sort of connection with people and try to do it in a, in a healthy way and not to the point where it's just going to build up anxiety for you. No, absolutely. And especially too, like that's that's one of the, the positive parts of being having access to the internet so available. Um, when I was first getting in the industry, that is one of the things that I personally did. I, you know, reached out to people that I idolized as terrifying as it was. Um, I sent them a message and I said, hey, you know, I'm looking at doing X, Y, Z or I'm looking at an apprenticeship. And at the very least, like making those those connections with those people and having input from them, it's honestly not as scary as you expect once you get the conversation going. It's just first taking that little leap of faith in the person. Right. And I would imagine it was probably a little bit easier for you if you were talking to Canadians because Canadians are the most polite <laughs> people on the planet. 
<laughs> yeah, we tend to be kind of nice. <laughs> um, anyone you want to do a shout out for? Because I know so many Canadian piercers who are an inspiration to me, like Tom Brazda and Jesse V and, you know, mm-hmm. FX and so many other people who are like really solid mentors in, in the Canadian piercer uh, community. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, Deacon Matheson was uh, one of the reasons why I got into piercing. Um, Jesse Valamere as well. Uh, old co-worker of mine, Daniel Thomas. Just so many awesome people. So, so yeah. many awesome people that have really, really helped me and helped me grow and learn. And I truly look up to them. Deacon, Deacon was one of those piercers where I didn't really, you know, I knew the name from Facebook, but I didn't know them as a, a person until uh, I met them in a class. And uh, really showed me how much how much he knew and how much he, he wanted to share and hey I, I see your idea hey I've got this idea and just a really cool person I should probably should probably get him on the show sometime yeah no definitely he's, he's a super cool dude uh, really interesting to talk to too I've known Deacon for God like 12 years or something he'd be a really cool dude to talk with cool so in your in your day to day at the shop you said there are 13 piercers between the two locations how many how many are like working at a time? Is it one or two at a time, or what? Um, usually it's about two. Some days on our on our busy days, we've got uh, special days on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. Usually we have about three on shift, um, just because we do such a vast uh, number of piercing in a sure. day. What uh, would you say is like a an average busy day? Uh, average busy day. I mean, we could do anywhere between like a hundred to hundred and thirty. Piercing in, in a day. In a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a it's, lot. When I hear those kind of numbers, you know, um, like I, I, I just edited an interview with. Uh, do you know a piercer named Cosmo? He works. He works with Bethra. Yeah, I love Cosmo. So Cosmo was telling me that he's doing, on like a you know an average busy day around fifty, and that's just him with one counter person. And oh wow, that, that I can't. I can't wrap my brain around. And even if you had two or three piercers, I still can't wrap my brain around like 130 in a day. And I know that it can be done. I know that it can be done well and be done safely and all that stuff. But I I live like a whole different life. You know, a busy day for me is is like a a tenth of that sometimes, you know. Um, No, that was one of the the most shocking things coming from a a mid-volume studio where they do maybe like... 10 15 piercings in a day mm-hmm. uh to a very high volume studio where that was like the average and that's been my life since i started piercing and it was absolutely just earth shattering to hear those numbers and i was like oh my god how am i supposed to do this how am i supposed to keep up and i mean even still i'm definitely not as quick as a lot of the piercers that we have at our studio i'm maybe doing like 20 piercings on a good day mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's it's been absolutely mind-boggling the numbers that we we come out with. <laughs> yeah. So going from a slower studio into that kind of environment, what kind of what kind of stress did that put on you initially? Like, did you have to hit the ground running at that pace, or did you ease into it? Uh, no, I kind of hit the ground running at that point. Um, there there definitely was. I think the most anxiety that I felt was the the pressure of getting everything done really quick as well as trying to do a very good job 
Mm-hmm. I kind of tread the line between like trying to make that personal connection with the client and do my best, but also be fast. So that was that was the most pressure that I kind of felt. And I, I honestly still kind of feel um, with trying to be efficient, but also be personable and, you know, a little a little chatty, but not too chatty. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, just kind of the the dichotomy between being fast and efficient, but still giving the client the the time and the patience and what they need. Yeah. What what would you say? And this is just your personal preference. What would you say would be your comfortable preference for how many days a week you'd work at that kind of pace? Well, thankfully, we do have slower days. Like it's not every single day that we're doing, you know, 100 to 120 piercings. It's just mm-hmm. every. It's like usually Tuesdays are crazy busy days, um, which is totally fine with me. Uh, Mondays tend to be a little bit slower. Wednesdays tend to be a little bit slower. Um, so I'm totally fine working at the pace that I am because it's you know it's it's nice to make the money, but it's also nice to take those slower days to actually kind of chill and breathe and you know do whatever needs to be done around the shop eat lunch yes (laughs) (laughs) something crazy (laughs) like actually being able to eat lunch that's another thing i want to talk about as far as like piercer self-care uh i know so many piercers where they're like oh i didn't get a chance to eat lunch today and it's like if you're a 25 year old piercer maybe that's not going to be a big deal but if you want to make it to your 10th year your 15th year your 20th year as a body piercer Stop and drink water, stop and eat meals, maybe stretch if you have to, take a 15-minute break, stuff like that, you know, like, do, like, some sort of, I don't know, anti-carpal tunnel exercises or something, but uh, you really, especially at that kind of pace, you really have to, like, physically take care of yourself, not just mentally take care of yourself. No, absolutely, and that's something that I've been trying really hard to kind of, I'm I'm terrible for, you know, not taking lunch because I'm just go, go, go all the time, but I'm really trying to kind of implement a, a, a day where, or a time where I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to sit down for 15 minutes. I'm going to eat my food, maybe, you know, play on my phone for a little bit and then go back at it. But it's, I guess, discipline, having the discipline to actually make the time for yourself, for that self-care and having, you know, mental reminders like, oh, okay, every other client today, I'm going to stop and take a sip of my water Every, every, after every client, you know, I'm going to stop and, you know, stop up at the lobby and grab my water bottle, take a sip and then go get the other, the other client and just having those mental reminders and trying, trying to do that has helped a little bit. It's still, it's still difficult at times, but, uh, that's definitely something that we need to do. We need to stay hydrated. We need to feed ourselves. It's so (laughs) important. It's, it's almost, it's almost a disservice to the clients. Like if you don't take proper care of yourself you're not going to be doing the, the best job that you can. Yeah. You know, even something as simple, and I, it just, I know it sounds cheesy when you're like, oh, your blood sugar is probably low, but your blood sugar is <laughs> probably low. You're going to be crankier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to do the, a chit chat thing that feels comfortable. It's going to feel forced because you're just like, your brain is done. You know, like your body might still be able to keep going on adrenaline, but your brain is done. So you have to like, you have to stop sometimes to be able to give clients your best. You have to, sometimes slow it down and I'm not, I'm not saying you know tell the last 20 clients of the day to screw off and come back tomorrow but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to think about the way that you manage your time and yeah stop and take those breaks if you're not like stopping to use the bathroom that means you haven't stopped to take water you know and you, you have to stay hydrated blah 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 I know it sounds so cheesy but 
It sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. Just like when you said you you had to kind of step back a little bit from the the Instagram game and the social media persona and all that stuff, but like your career didn't suffer for it. It's the same thing in the studio. Like the shop's not going to catch on fire. You're not going to go out of business if you stop and take five minutes every hour just to take care of yourself and breathe a little bit, you know. And there's nothing wrong with having your counterperson say like. All right, you know, you're you're third in line. Um, they're going to pierce one more person and then they have a, a, a quick 10-minute break and then blah, 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 and then this will be your time estimate. Things like that where you just, you give people the realistic expectation of you're not being pierced by a robot, you're, you're being pierced by a human, and for them to give you the best job possible, they need to, like, you know, maintain themselves and change their oil every now and then. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I have learned, too, coming into a high-volume studio, people will wait. They will happily wait, and, you know, if they don't want to wait, they'll leave. But then you'll also have, you know, all the other people who are waiting. It's it's really astonishing sometimes at the, the, the wait times that people will wait, and I'll, I'll chit-chat with them and be like, oh, you know, sorry we're so busy, I hope you haven't waited too long. And they've told me they've waited up to, like, an hour, hour and a half or something, and I'm like, oh, my God, I feel bad. But I'm also, at the same time, astonished that they've waited that long. But they, they will wait. If they want yeah. the service, they'll wait for the service. Yeah, you know, even with a, a slower studio, for me, if I'm having like a 20 piercing day, there are going to be parts where points where people are waiting, and uh, it wouldn't be unusual for me to have someone waiting 30 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that. And I know that some piercers, shop owners, will hear that and be like, well, you should have more counter people or more piercers or this or that, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, you can manage that wait time and still give people excellence. You come out, you chat with them between clientele. All right, did you pick your jewelry? Awesome, I'm going to load it in the statum. You know, you've got two people ahead of you. I'll be with you in about 20 minutes. And, and it, as long as they feel appreciated, it's going to be fine. But, you know, if you're just ignoring someone for an hour, yeah, they're, they're probably not going to enjoy their experience very much. No, and that's the main thing that I've learned, too, is just making them feel like they're they're noticed or making them feel like even if they are waiting that period of time, you know, checking in on them, like, hey, how you doing? I know it's a bit of a wait. and you need a glass of water like we've got mints in the lobby and all that good stuff just making them feel seen is is super important yeah yeah well um i feel like this is gonna i feel like this has been a really good talk because i think when it comes to certain aspects of like self-care mental health care as far as taking care of yourself and taking care of your clients not a lot of piercers have been talking about that as much i think when when piercers talk about piercer stuff it's like oh hey how do you do uh an inverted this or that or how do you how do you do this thing without two you know like it's the nerd talk when don't forget that there's a there's a lot that goes into doing your job well and uh health management is a big part of it so i'm really glad that you suggested this topic because i, I think it can help a lot of a lot of piercers well i truly hope it does and to those of you who are listening i mean take it easy on yourselves be kind to yourselves uh, do your best, but don't overwork yourselves. That's kind of the main thing. And yeah. uh, if anyone ever want, wants to reach out to me, more than happy to chit chat. Love to hear from you. Um, I love making connections and new friends. What uh, What's the best way for people to contact you? Social media or a different me different method? Yeah, uh, social media is preferred. Um, my Instagram is at Pierce underscore em underscore pretty. Pierce and pretty, um, and I also <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of hokey. It's um, cute. I like it. 
Oh, thanks. Uh, I also have a Facebook coming out probably within the next couple weeks. It's just, it's taking a long time. One of those things that I need to kind of step forward and back from. Um, But yeah, Instagram. um, If you're within the industry, I'll probably add you on my personal Facebook. Um, But I usually kind of stick to to clients to my Instagram. Okay. And uh, again, where uh, where are you working at? Where's your shop? Yeah, I'm located at Evolved Body Art in Columbus, Ohio. Um, we've got two locations. Is Sosa still working there? He is. I love him. He's great. He is. Tell him I say hello next time you see him. I'll definitely do that. Cool. All right. Well, I, I appreciate the time. It was nice talking to you, and uh, I'll let you know when this episode's going to go up. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Kelsey, and uh, hopefully we're all back to work soon. Uh, Again, I've got the free webinar sessions that I'm doing on weekends. I've got my paid uh, Dothan surface piercing class, all that info, body art education by Ryan Willett on Facebook or precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars, or you can even just email me ryanpba at gmail.com. I forgot to mention that I am going to be doing a free class through the APP online education coming up soon too. Uh, Probably not this week, but maybe next week or the week after that, I'll be doing uh, a free technique-based class, and that will be one of the APP's verified uh, education classes online, and that will be free. So keep your eyes peeled on APP social media for that. Again, if you're following my uh, Facebook education page, I'll definitely reply blog it on there too and uh, probably try to have some sort of a link to an event page so uh, thanks for listening Uh, stay positive stay focused and let's get ready to get back to work but uh, expect it to be a couple more weeks for more information about the show visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like piercing wizard podcast on facebook for more info about your host visit precisionbodyarts.com or search ryan pba on facebook instagram and tumblr If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.